It's Eye on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Dottie Herman, and you are listening to Iron Real Estate. Of course, we're one of the only talk show radio shows that have been on for 11 years straight, and uh, we talk about real estate, all the millions of things that have to do with real estate, whether it be financing, legal, neighbors, and we're always interested in hearing any of any of your questions because if you have a question. Call in. I'm sure a million other people have the same question. We love hearing from you, so please call us at 866-970-9622. Of course, I don't have to introduce him. He's been on for the 11 years with me. Senior Vice President of Citizens Bank, Ace Wanasupar. And Ace is going to tell you all about what's going on with the mortgage industry and the onslaught of mortgages and refinances and... Adjustable rates, maybe should you take an adjustable rate with the interest rates this low? I don't think so, but we'll ask the expert. Um, I also want to thank... Good morning, Bank. Good morning, Good morning Ace. Good morning, everyone. Um, we all want to thank Man. Citizens Bank. Um, citizens has been a bank that was founded to help citizens, regular people like you and me, and not just big corporations. Last year, Citizens was the third largest lending in the Northeast, and you can easily find more information at citizensbank.com or you can call them any time of the day, 24-7, seven days a week, 1-800-922-9999. And we really all thank Citizens for their support. And of course, Stephen Ebert is our legal expert and he's a partner at Kasson & Kasson. And Stephen is here to talk about any legal things. And by the way, he's t today he's going to talk about some legal updates on co-ops that you're going to want to know about because they're very new. And again, we try to keep you all informed because somebody who has information, information is power. Today at 11 o'clock, uh, we'll be joined by morning, Jerry Daddy. Minsky. Good morning, Daddy. Good morning, Ace. Good morning. Good morning. We'll be joined by Jerry Minsky, and Jerry has three decades He's been the leader, probably one of the best people who know Brooklyn, better than anyone that I know. I mean, if anything that I need about Brooklyn, I call Jerry. He's a true expert. And when you hear him, you're going to hear in his voice, without seeing him, you'll be able to hear in his voice his love uh, for Brooklyn. And we've talked a lot about New York City, so we're going to give some Brooklyn some time today for you to see exactly what's going on in Brooklyn. Remember, you can call us at 866-970-9622. If you want to listen to us, okay, you can listen to us live, okay, by going to 970 um, on AM radio. If not, or if you don't get those waves, you can click on Ion Real Estate, click live, um, and you will get our show uh, 
Well, you can go to iTunes, search Iron Real Estate, and listen to your favorite shows. We have them all there. So you could go back and find anyone that you might have missed. And of course, 970 also has all of our shows, so you can click to your favorite past show. Again, we love to hear from you, 866-970-9622. So, I usually like to tell you in the beginning of the show anything that's going on that's really currently very new. And obviously, uh, you know, the pandemic, we don't know what's really, I mean, I don't want to say that I know what's happening here, but they're starting to say there's another wave of some of the pandemic. And the governments in New Zealand, Canada, China, South Korea, and Ireland have all taken steps to try to, like, keep it contained, okay? Um, however, those some of those markets are starting to cool off. Um, Sydney, Australia is in lockdown again. South Korea is on the cusp, and new cases of COVID-19 are on the rise across Europe. So first of all, just want to say it's not over. I mean, I'm one of the few, first, I'm one of the first people who said, I'm done, I don't want to wear these masks, and I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I've had it. But it looks like we still have to be careful and not let, you know, we, we've come this far, we've come so far, I don't want us to go backwards again. In Britain, the cases of COVID are up almost 29%. And in the Indonesia extends COVID restrictions. So, uh, we're in New York. We get a lot of travelers. Um, the spread of the COVID virus is this sect. This 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 one is is really getting haywire again. However, the good news is they say that if you have been vaccinated, that you probably will just get sick and you will not die from it. So that's the good news. Um, but if you haven't been vaccinated, really get vaccinated, okay? It's not over yet, okay? So I just had to say that. Uh, as far as news that's very new, President Joe Biden's stimulus package included $46 billion for renters facing evictions, okay? Only 4% of the funds have been dispersed. I am not sure whether they're slow or the people haven't applied for it. I did a show two, I think two weeks ago. I told you that if you cannot afford to pay rent after, I think it's, what is it, August, that when this thing is over, there's a form you can get from the city. The city has a special fund. You have to qualify for it, but the income, you know, you have to show that you're not working or that your income is low and you can't afford the rent. And if you qualify... Um, and I don't think it's very, like, difficult. I mean, it didn't look that difficult to me. The numbers were pretty high. Um, you can have your rent paid, and New York City will, New York State will pay the rent directly to your landlord. So please, I'm not going to go through all the details of that again, but really look into it. I know a couple of people who are paying rent or asked me to borrow money to pay rent, and I said, well, that's fine, but you really need to look into this because you don't. You probably will qualify for not paying rent. So anybody that's having any financial difficulties, please, and if you can't get through or you can't find the number, 
just text us, or email us, or call us and let us know, and we'll get you all the exact information. I think I did it two weeks ago, but I'll do it again if it, I have to. In the national news, urban, I mean, prices, house prices are rising at their fastest rate since 2007. And out of the 150 cities that we tracked, 43 of them um, have price growth, annual price growth over 10%. And that is a lot. A combination of a lot of forces are driving um, our growth. A severe undersupply of housing in many locations has, has been exasperated by the slowdown in construction because of the wood and during the pandemic. And as you can tell, you have to wait for everything now. If you want to buy furniture or beds or bicycles, everything is really, usually is taking a long time unless you have some great connection. So, uh, it's exploding. As you know, in New York, the real estate gets the Democratic uh, nominee was Eric Adams. And uh, the New York Public Library, for those of you who use it, it's one of the most beautiful libraries in the country, um, is opening. It reopens. Most of its branches this month are, are open. And that's after being closed all through the pandemic. So you'll be happy about that. In New Jersey, the office vacancy rate is near 19%, so it's pretty high, but they're working on doing that. Um, they're trying to figure out ways to use that office space uh, for other, other things, which I think they'll do in New York, too. You know, we had that horrible, horrific incident in Florida, and I don't know if this is a result of that incident that we had in Florida or they were just checking buildings. But in New York, more than 300 New York City construction sites shut down for safety violations. Now, I don't know if it's coincidental uh, that it just so happens to be they were checking everything and it just so happened we had that horrible incident in Florida. But either way, I think that's a good thing because we want to make sure our buildings are safe. A slew of stop work orders were handed down to New York City construction sites in the past few weeks as part of a major safety crackdown from the Department of Buildings. And there was a total of 322 sites that were shut down. So, as a horrible incident, uh, I really, again, our hearts go out to all the families and people that lost loved ones. But as a result of that, um, the the upside of that is they're really probably they're really double checking everything to make sure that everything is safe. The market is moving. And Dottie, if I can just add on those safety checks, I can add one thing on those safety checks. Um, part of it is also worker safety. So I don't want the audience to think that those 300 temporary suspensions are because of faulty construction. Most of the safety violations are technical ones. For worker safety and that's also very important of course but i guess want people to know i would not want them to think that all safety violations are construction related that's a good point thank you for bringing that up because it sounded the way i said it as if it's just uh, violations uh that had nothing to do with workers so 
that's a good thing. We want to keep our buildings safe, the people in the buildings safe, and of course the people who work on buildings safe. Institutional bars are flooding the single home market. They institutional buyers dropped seventy-seven billion dollars, meaning they spent seventy-seven billion dollars on homes, buying up homes in the past six months. So that tells you if you want to, you know, not that anything is guaranteed, but that tells you if the institutional buyers are buying up that many homes, that they expect the market to hold up. And that compares to uh, $55 billion that was spent in, 1920, in 2020. Overall, the number of homes that were acquired by investors jumped 2.7%. And investors are now mostly focused on single-family homes, which made up the biggest share of acquisitions and the first quarter growth year over year. So that's, um, that tells you. That the housing demand, at least the institutional buyers believe it's going to be here, and they're really getting ready for it. Um, there are some people that are looking to flip properties, and that um, that's a portion of, uh, of some of those investors are taking old properties and redoing them and flipping them, um, which is another show we'll do for you. But all with the housing market, everything everything looks positive. I don't want to get into this this virus again, but uh, New York, you know, it's in New York too. It's in the, all the boroughs, so please just be careful with it. Uh, as Jersey, as Jersey has a problem with office space, uh, Manhattan's office market faces a, a, a worsening supply problem, and so they're working on it. And they're trying to come up with different things. I, I just might guess. I think eventually they might do some residential homes that housing there. I that I don't know. What do you think, Steve or Ace? I mean, I think that that's an alternative because we always can use more housing. Um, talking about the Hamptons, the Hamptons home buying frenzy is starting to like level off. It's still busy, but it dropped thirty seven percent. Now anybody would say, my goodness. What's happening? If you just listen to the number, the Hamptons has dropped 37%. Well, everything is relative. The amount of sales we had was astronomical. So 37% really is still giving us a higher than normal market. It's still busy, but it's starting to slow up as people return to the city, as the city opens up. Okay, I think that you will probably see... The city, you know, everyone says, oh, Donnie, the city's back, the city's back. And it's back, but it's not really 100% back. I think you're going to start really seeing it come back in September. I just was at a birthday party for Wendy Fetterman, who is a big, 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 big plot in Broadway. And Broadway will be opening in September. So I think that that's kind of really where we're looking at. Um, Amazon is building warehouses. Uh, all over the place. I know on Long Island they're building a big one in Syosset, uh, and they're for, they're building their warehouses because the pandemic. One of the effects that's going to continue is we all got used to shopping online on Amazon because that was the only thing we could do at the time. But that trend stayed on. People are still using it. I still use it. Uh, every so they're really beefing up. 
And they're trying this in some other countries. I don't know if it'll ever make New York, but um, what do you think of this, Ace or uh, Stephen? They're trying. I'm in love with a four-day week, and they're trying for a four-day week to go mainstream in some other countries. What do you think? Think that'll ever happen here? Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, go ahead, Stephen. No, no, you go, you first. No, I I think it's going to be the new normal, Dottie. You know, I I think people are planning on coming back to the office environment about three days to four days. So that four-day week sounds pretty accurate, Dottie. But we'll see. We'll see how the employers react and what type of, um, I guess, excitement that they bring back to the offices. And I think that's what a lot of folks are working on now, which is, how do we build morale? How do we make it uh, more of an environment for folks to come back? But I, I think, you know, if you have something that's being done for about three months, it's, it's it doesn't really uh, become the norm. But having something become a year and a half of just staying home and being used to a routine, that's going to be that's going to be something that people will. It's going to get. It's going to be become harder for for folks to come back and and come into what we considered normal pre-pandemic. So I think the four-day week is here to stay or four-day weekend is here to stay. Um, it's just how how do you maximize productivity and efficiency? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, what do you I, think, I, Stephen? I, I'm hoping for... I'm, I'm just hoping to have a five-day work week. Uh-huh. Five-day yeah. work week. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, well, the, you know- uh, before the show, dealing with some emails and planning stuff, The uh, you know, it's interesting. I think it's very... It's very industry driven. I think in real estate, we're very much a, you know, you know, it's not, you can't be 24 seven, right? You have to have a life. You have to do your research. You have to live and do things, but we are definitely more of a sort of seven day a week type model. So it's, it's part of an ongoing conversation and, and, and maybe I'm a little more sensitive to it because of, you know, where, where, what we do. You know, but the the fine line between work and home and devices, um, I think at some point there is going to be a sort of rebound, right? You have one extreme and the other, and then you sort of find that magic middle. And I think as a society, um, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, right, but I think, I mean, I kind of agree with um, Ace in the sense that First of all, what's really happened from this pandemic is people got used to living in two homes. Well, because they moved out of their homes in the city. And then, you know, now they're like going back, like maybe the city, as Ace said, two or three days a week, maybe four, two, three. But people, so now that second home doesn't just become a second home that you never, that you use kind of like on holidays. And weekends, it's kind of becoming like people are having dual residences. Uh, you know, they'll stay in one home three or four days, and they'll go back to the city and stay in an apartment there. So I think it's really changing how people look at housing and second homes. And that's why I think I told you months ago, you should have listened if you didn't, I said, second homes are going to boom. Okay, we'll be right back. We'll talk about that, and then Steven's got some changes that we want to talk about that have just come up uh, that you need to know about with the co- co-ops. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. 
My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo telling you about Connors & Sullivan. You need a will. You need a trust. You need power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or estate plan. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? You know what? You got to go to ConnorsAndSullivan.com, or you can call Mike Connors at 718-238-6500, or... You can attend a Connors and Sullivan free seminar and have all your questions answered by Mr. Connors himself. Tuesday, July 27th at Buckley's Avenue S in Marine Park, Brooklyn, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. Wednesday, July 28th, Connolly's in Maspeth, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. Thursday, July 29th at the Bay Ridge Manor. That's 11, 3, and 7 p.m. Friday, July 30th at the Adria Hotel in Bayside, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Mike Connors always says the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Please call 718-238-6500, attend these seminars, or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join us for the Safe Money Radio Show Saturday afternoon at 3. You can also call now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Information Kit and 115-page Safe Money book at 844-751-SAFE. That's 844-751-SAFE. 844-751-7233. The Safe Money Radio Show, Sunday afternoon at 3 on AM 970, The Answer. Are you worried about having lung cancer? I worry about everything, of course. But instead of worrying, go see my friends at Trinitas for a screening. If you're between 50 and 80 years old and have a 20-pack year smoking history, you know, like uh, if you've been smoking like that, or even if you've quit in the past 15 years, listen to me, please. It's no joke. It's time for a lung screening. Give them a call. Make an appointment right now at 908-994-5984. It's 908-994-5984. It's low-dose, painless, non-invasive, fast and easy, and only takes 30 seconds at Trinitas to have a screening, and it could save your life. Finding out if you have lung cancer while it's still curable makes all the difference. If you catch it in time, you can beat it. Screenings are covered by most insurance. Do it for your family. Do it for yourself. Just do it. You can count on Trinitas to take care of you. 908-994-5984. Make an appointment. It's 908-994-5984. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? 
The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Wasupar, our financial guy, and Stephen Ebert, our legal eagle, myself. I like to think of myself as a pretty good real estate expert. And we're talking about real estate today. Um, we're going to talk about inflation and how that is affecting pricing. Uh, and also, we could talk about Brooklyn, like I said before. And this market is overheated. It's so overheated. We're going to talk about whether this, how long that's going to, people think that can last. Um, but before we do that, I want to turn this over to Stephen because there are some major legal updates that he would like to make you aware of. I think it's important for you all to know. Stephen, take it away. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, thanks, Daddy. There's a, there's a number of legal updates. Before I do that, I think we do have one caller on the line. Uh, Tony? Yeah. Yes. Hi, Tony. Hello. Yes, we can hear Hi, you. Hi, Daddy. Oh, How it's are so you? nice to talk to you. Oh, my nice God, I've been listening to you for years. Oh, thank you. you are, we love our, you, we love you our are, listeners. You are wonderful and so well-informed. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks, Tony. Now you put a big smile on my face and you made my day. Oh, I'll thank, take compliments I'm glad, I'm glad. any day. How can yeah. we help? Well, thanks for calling. And how can we help you? What, what questions might you have? All right, I'm in dire straits. I've been in contract since March with my co-op. And um, my daughter's dog, who lived with me, bit my neighbor. The neighbor put a suit on me and a suit, not a suit, a claim on, on me and a claim on the co-op. Now, I've settled with my neighbor already with the bite. But in the meantime, I didn't know any of this, but I've been selling my co-op and I've been in contract since March. And in March... Um, and now it's July, and these people, that the buyers, have already passed everything. They've passed the Zoom. They passed the meeting, the interview. They're highly qualified, but they are. My co-op is holding up the sale because they say they have an outstanding claim from my neighbor against the dog bite, and they want to be indemnified by me. But I have. I've settled with my neighbor. It took my entire insurance policy. Yeah. And so in other words, I have you... a hold harmless. I have a hold harmless letter from my neighbor. Okay, that so I you cannot settled. Be for this. But obviously, yes. and I'm going to let Stephen take this. This is illegal. This is illegal. But obviously, they sued your 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 board also. Stephen, I think this uh, requires your uh, expertise. 
Sure. So, Tony, sorry that you're going through this. Um, there's a few questions that I would have to, to, to get a final answer, but a couple things. Number one, mm -hmm. um, was a lawsuit actually filed, or did they just send a threatening letter? Based to the co-op? Do you have a lawsuit was actually filed? No, there was no Against lawsuit you and the filed. And normally... For me, yes, but not for okay, the co-op. Okay, great, because... Okay, so they filed only a lawsuit a against you, but not against the co-op. Right. There's only an open claim, well, of which I have verified. Again, yeah. again well, um, okay, let me, let me get that, this clear again. Either they filed something with the court or not. Did no. they file anything they in a court of law anywhere? Okay. For All me, right. yes. So that's the first question. Okay. The second. Well, okay. For you, <laughs> I, but... As far as you're aware of nothing's been has something been filed? Yes, it's, it's yes or no. Just try just trying to be able to figure this out for a second. Something um, was filed in so, okay. the court. So as far for as myself, you're aware of, but I've settled. But I've settled. Yeah, but what Steven's asking you okay. is so what about is, the co op? Did they file legally against the co op also? No. No, there is no outstanding legal okay. suit. Only a claim. They have a they have a letter. Okay. That's all they have. Okay, so in the process of settling, did you, the attorney who's handling the real estate transaction handle it or your insurance company handle the negotiation to settle? You know? In the process. My insurance company uh, received a letter of hold homeless, and because Glen Oaks was not named on my suit, I got a letter in my name, and it's very vague, but it kind of it's inclusive that anything surrounding this incident um, I would be protected from. Okay, a couple more questions so I can get some, and and the reason, and I'm not not to put you on the spot, but just to try to give you a better answer. There's there's always a lot Absolutely more details to find out. Yes. Right, now are you? Yes. Now. now are you able to speak to this neighbor, or you're really not on speaking terms at all because of what happened? Well, she won't speak to me, <laughs> but I can I could talk to her if I need to. She just okay. won't answer. Maybe. I, so the real the real question is, you know, trying to find out what communication has there been between the co-op and the neighbor, because if the harm has been remedied, um, you know, you you can't really get too. You can't get paid twice off the same harm. Now, the thing that normally happens is when one brings a case is you name all the possible defendants. And, you know, it, it, sound, it sounds like what needs to happen is really just some communication. Um, the co-op with that shareholder. Uh, and, look, they're the ones that are going to stay in the building. So if they've already been compensated for their harm by your insurance company, what it, it would seem that the best thing to do is get the co-op to be in touch with them and say, look, we know that you settled your claim with your neighbor, and we would like to have a writing from you that you consider the matter fully settled and the matter closed. The way, the way that, ahead of them, they won't, the first step. They, they won't do that. They won't do that. They won't. They want to leave the claim okay. open just in um, case they have to do, sue year, a couple of years from now or something. Something so comes mean, up. So that means that, that you could never sell your apartment. Well, you mean you mean the neighbor? No. Well, 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 the neighbor's attorney. I, I think, well, I think what happens is 
The neighbor's attorney will not settle, will not release the claim against Glen Oaks. Just in case something happens later on in a year or two where they can open up the claim and sue them. Right now, they have no case. Um, it, it, well, it's, it's interesting. There's probably some more details, and it's tough to give this full kind of answer on the radio. Um, but typically what happens, and a court would not look fondly upon what they're doing, is that you name all the defendants at once. The courts generally do not like it when you try to pick off one defendant and then try to go after another one later, because the whole idea is that there is one source, there's one element of harm that happened. It's not like there were two separate dog bites. There was one incident, and it's not like you can then make one incident multiple cases. It should be all one encompassing case. Um, I would try to have your attorney speak to your insurance company to try to see if something can be worked out um, to give the building further comfort. The other thing is also this matter would typically be covered by the building insurance. And the other thing also, I think they probably have a very weak claim, um, your neighbor against the co-op, because the reality is, and I'm making some factual assumptions here, I'm assuming that the co-op has a regular pet policy. You've had your pet there, um, an allowance of that, yes. and yes. it is not the obligation of the co-op yes. to be responsible because an individual dog of one shareholder uh, had an incident once. Were there repeated incidents? It was just a one no. incident, right? Just it wasn't one incident. multiple times. In it. it was just one time. Yeah, so generally okay. there's um, – it's. The nickname for it, it's sort of the one-bite rule. The general proposition when it comes to dog is these dogs, it's the assumption that dogs are generally not a problem, and unless if they have a bad history of biting people, then the uh, presumption is that no one would know, both you as an owner and definitely as a building. So if you look at most of the building pet policies, um, they sometimes will have, they'll separate dogs out that have a bad history versus ones that don't have any history. And so um, I, I think also the chance of liability for the co-op is probably extraordinarily low based on, again, I'm not hearing the full story, but based on what I'm sensing here is I think it's very, very low. I think what you need to do is have your attorney that's handling the real estate matter really go on the offensive. If you sit there passively, no one else is going to care. Your neighbor doesn't care when you sell, co-op doesn't. So you need to really um, go on the offensive of pushing things forward to get it to resolution. Yeah. Get your attorney on it. I know have we're coming to. Have your attorney call the board, okay? And he can tell them why what they're doing is not legal. But have that done right away. Otherwise, like you said, you could be sitting around for a long time. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. My friends over at Route 22 Toyota want me to remind you that if you're tired of dealing with dummies, get over to the state-of-the-art service facility in Hillside, New Jersey, please. Alex Kinsella has the entire team staying safe, wearing masks, socially distancing, fogging vehicles with every single service to make sure they're disinfected. At Route 22 Toyota, they always get it right. They're doing their part to stay safe. Plus, right now, Route 22 Toyota is offering qualified buyers more reasons than ever to get into a new Toyota, like 0% APR 
start financing up to five years and zero down leases on some of your favorite Toyota models. Call 855-621-9949 for details and make sure to tell them Joe sent you. 855-621-9949 to schedule a test drive and Route 22 Toyota will get you driving a new Toyota with 0% interest or zero down leases. Now that is the smart way to buy. Route 22 Toyota, Route 22 West in Hillside, New Jersey or at Route22Toyota.com. Dear Cancer, if you think you're going to put my life on hold, think again. I did my homework and I found a cancer treatment option that requires no surgery, minimal downtime, and virtually no side effects. It's called Proton Therapy at Procure Proton Therapy Center. Proton Therapy targets cancer tumors more precisely than traditional radiation therapy with less radiation to nearby healthy tissues. And thanks to Procure, I don't have to travel far for treatment. Located in Somerset, Procure is New Jersey's most experienced proton therapy center, offering the most advanced form of radiation with the most precise technology. That's right, cancer. I still have the choice and energy to go on that hike with friends or spend a Saturday afternoon with my grandkids. I chose proton therapy at Procure, and now my hope has been restored. I'm living my best life. If you've been diagnosed with cancer, visit Procure.com or call 855-3-PROTON today. The Tunnels to Towers Foundation, as you know, has been supporting our nation's heroes and their families since 9-11. And to mark 20 years this year, the foundation is giving 120 mortgage-free homes to Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders. To honor America's fallen heroes, the foundation's chairman and CEO, Frank Siller, is walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and on to ground zero. His more than 500-mile journey through six states in 42 days begins August 1st and fittingly finishes on 9-11 at Ground Zero. It's a moving tribute. The foundation is bringing back Towers of Light to the memorials at the Pentagon and in Shanksville in September. Help America to never forget America's greatest heroes. Do good, please, in their honor. Please help out. It's only $11 a month. It goes to T2T.org. It's just like that. T, the number two, and then T.org. So proud to tell you about the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Advertex Communications, Inc., Advertex, has openings in New York, New York, for specialist marketing solutions, job 11908.962, to participate in end-to-end documentation of data and reporting requirements for marketing systems projects. Mail your resume to Advertex slash Macy's. 5985 State Bridge Road, Johns Creek, Georgia, 30097. Attention Kayla Carson. Must reference job 11908.962. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Listening to Ion Real Estate. Um, Stevie is going to give you a quick update on some changes, and then I'm going to get Ace on the phone to, uh, on the line. He's to talk about an article that I read that I like his input on. It says that mortgage payments are more expensive than they've been because um, prices are going up. And it says applications for ARMS, which are adjustable rate mortgages, have been steadily growing. 
and are up 12.5% over year over year. And I love after Steve gets through with his update for Ace to tell us a little about that. Okay, so Steve, you have a quick update on uh, condos or co-ops? Yeah, three big yeah, yeah, there there are a couple of big changes uh recently. Um so if people recall back in 2019, um New York State um passed a law called the Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act. And we've talked about it before on the show. That put a lot of limitations, that limited security deposits to one month regardless of whether it's regulated or market, number of things. But because in a co-op um, the owner has a proprietary lease. Co-ops got thrown into a law that was designed to be to address really rental buildings. That was recently modified, and a lot of the restrictions have been removed. Now, some of them had to do with how much a co-op could increase maintenance by. Some of them had to do with limitations on co-ops, what they could charge for late fees. Those have really been removed. The biggest one that I want to talk about, which will affect the market, and I think in a positive way, is the decision that co-ops can require a buyer to put money in escrow. So prior to 2019, for a lot of buyers who might have, let's say, shaky financial history, a first-time buyer who there's not much of a history, a building might say, look, we like you, but we're a little bit nervous. We're willing to approve your deal. We'll give you a conditional consent on the condition that you put a year's worth of maintenance in escrow to make sure you pay your maintenance on time to the co-op. So that was something that was out there. When this law passed in 2019, that tool was effectively removed from co-ops. Now with the recent change in the last couple of weeks, co-ops can require escrow again. And that's a very, very important development. You know, on the one side, someone might say, oh, that's terrible. Why should somebody have to put money into escrow? But I'm telling people, what some co-ops have been doing is if they couldn't do the escrow, they're just rejecting the deal. So I think this is helpful for the market and particularly for buyers who are maybe borderline buyers for co-ops that say, you know, we're willing to let that deal go through. So that's a very big development. I have another one, but before I get to that, any, any questions on that, Dottie or Ace? No, just I think that you just keep us posted but, and... I'm not, you know, I think it's a catch-22. I, I think it's going to make some people not be able to afford to buy something. Um, so I think that's an added cost that people might have to come, and it might stop some people from being able to purchase. On the other hand, um, if you live in a co-op, you want to make sure that it's kept up to date and that all the repairs are done, and you don't want to see that people don't have the money. So I think we'll just have to wait and see. I think it's a mixed bag. I think there's some some good things, and but I yeah, also I agree. Think, I think affordability is really becoming a problem now. Uh, that's really what I talked to Ace about uh, because of the escalation of prices all over. So affordability being a problem, I think that just adds on to it. So I'm just not sure if I think the timing is great of that, but that's just my opinion. And it didn't happen yet, so you'll keep us posted and let us know when it does. Well, well, well this one is the new rule. This is in effect. It's basic. So this, is, this basically, it's a return to where things were before 2019. Um, so that, that is in effect now going forward. And for anyone who's on their co-op board, they may not have been updated on that yet. But it's definitely a tool in the arsenal that's there. 
uh, how, how things were. Steve, I, I want to give one more co-op update. Which, but Steve, can I ask one okay. question on that? Is there like a rule of thumb, like sure. percentage that somebody might have to know ahead of time that you know I'm going to buy this co-op, I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have to have X percent put on the side for maintenance. Is there like a well, rule that of is thumb? a great question. Before I answer that, before I answer that question, I want to tell you about one other law because it exactly addresses the heart of the question that you just asked, and. What happened is there is a new law that's in effect for a couple of weeks now in Westchester County only. So the law that I just mentioned before is New York statewide, but this new law that I want to mention is Westchester County only. And they have required a number of things now when it comes to co-ops. The first one, which goes exactly to your point, is co-ops in Westchester County must disclose what their financial requirements are to be admitted to the co-op. Hello. So that's a, so that's a very big change. Um, so co-ops now in Westchester County have to disclose what their um, requirements are uh, financially. The second one is if you are turned down by a co-op in Westchester County, the board has to give a reason why you were turned down. Um, and then the last part is that board members for Westchester co-ops now must take two hours of fair housing training every two years. Um, there are some other things, too, but those are the big elements of this new law that's in effect. Again, both of these new sets of rules that I mentioned are new, and they are the current state of the law in New York State and Westchester County, respectively. And I think, you know, Dottie, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of people, when they're looking at buying a co-op, they go in with a little bit of nervousness and uncertainty. Um, am, I, can, am I qualified? Am I not? What can I do? And the new Westchester law will help alleviate some of that uncertainty. And it's interesting, Westchester has a lot of co-ops. And now since Westchester borders the northern part of New York City, it'll be very curious to see how New York City looks at how that law. So I think in the ne over the next year or two, New York City City Council, there was already one subcommittee that was looking into this concept. They're going to be watching very closely what happens in Westchester County. Does it affect turndowns? Does it affect litigation over co-op or turndowns? So definitely something that we're watching very closely. Thank you, Steve. And I'm sure you're going to keep us posted um, because that's news to me. I didn't even know that. Um, Ace, um, hopefully. Yes, Dottie. We've been hearing so much. I mean, prices are escalating. Affordability is becoming a, a big problem. It's because of the prices. And I read this whole article about that arms, uh, adjustable rate mortgages have been growing. So I was wondering your, 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 your read on that and if you could talk to the listeners about adjustable rate mortgages because nobody really talked about them for a long time with the interest rates so low. And what, do you, what, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think right now the uh, preferable product, because rates are so low, Dottie, it's actually the 30-year fixed, right? So that's always been popular. But now more than ever, the arms are low, but the 30-year fixed rate, if you can get it below 3%, uh, people want to know, they want to have that comfort and sort of that, um, if, if they're even somewhat conservative, they're going with the 30-year fixed rate, right? Um, arms have always been popular, especially, especially in New York where there's a lot, of, lot more finance folks 
that get bonuses at the end of the year. They can pay down their their mortgage at the end of the year. But now with so many recast options as well, which is let's say you lock in at a, on a 30-year fixed rate, rates go lower. You can always um, do a rate mod, uh, which really doesn't um, have any closing costs um, to go along with the rate modification. So there's a lot of different programs that folks can take advantage of right now. One of which, Dottie, I wanted to mention on the show here today because it's a, it's it's crucial. Fannie Mae came out with a program called Refine Now, Fannie's, and it's a program that just came out live on June 5th, but banks are starting to adopt it. So slowly they're, they're, they're adopting it. So some banks will have it, some banks won't. It just came out last month. But really what it, what it comes down to is it's estimated to help at least 2 million homeowners lower their interest rate uh, that they pay on their mortgage. Some of the qualifi- qualifications are that households' earnings that have 80% or less of their areas median income are eligible uh, for this program. And some, of the, and, and some of the things to know is that these borrowers that are eligible, and it has to be a Fannie Mae-backed mortgage, so basically anything that's a conforming loan amount. So in New York, if you have a loan that's less than 716000 you should check with your bank. And if your income is lower than the 80% of the median income in the area, um, you also have to have had no late payments in the last six months and no more than one late payment in the last 12 months. And you're, you should have at least 97% um, equity in your property. And your FICO score has to be at least above 620. And what lenders are doing and what they're mandated to do due to this program is that they have to lower your payment at least by $50 or more or 50 basis points or lower, which is half a percent on the rate, Dottie. And there's no cost to this as well. Okay. So it's a new program that Fannie's helping them. You know, there's a lot of information there, but just to no, dumb I it down. So what I, what if I'd you like have 80, you to, what yeah. I'd like you to do, because this is very important. People are, do not know about it. And it could make a big difference in what they pay if they're informed. It can. Yes. So maybe, Correct. I don't know, our break is coming up. Maybe you could slow it down and try it one more time because there's a lot of things. Or maybe yes, do it yes. again next week because this is really important. And this is why we do this show. Because it is impossible for even us to keep up on all the things that go on and all the changes that happen every day of the week. And that's why we deal with experts. But an informed person, okay, a lot of people don't take advantage of things because they're not informed. Sometimes sometimes they're just too busy. I mean, even refinance. I read that, like, I don't know, 60% of the people didn't refinance and have high, high mortgage payments. So... If that's true. Have, that's true, Daddy. Okay, you know so, what? After the break, could you? Yeah. If yeah, the I'll, break, I'll could slow you it down. I'll, slow I'll it down it into, and just go through yeah. it, and I will tell our guests definitely on Brooklyn that I'll move them up a little bit, and I hope that we'll get to inflation yep. or we'll get that in. Uh, but this is so important, and sometimes on the show when I have a plan to talk about certain things, something new comes up that supersedes. That is that important that I think I have to. Go back and say, let's learn this first because this is new. No one knows it, and it can save you a lot of money. A lot. And, you know, I don't know how this pandemic is going to fall out. I don't. Ace, what happens when people can't afford? I mean, I know what happens with tenants, 
But what happens when they can't afford their mortgage payment? When this whole, you know, all I think these right now, that- you know, uh, correct, correct. And with the forbearances that were going on during the pandemic, as long as you're reaching out to the bank again, you know, I want to emphasize to our listeners, the banks are not here to take away your homes, right? They're not in the business of collecting assets. So the, th- the number one thing that I always emphasize, and Dada, you mentioned this, Stephen, we've mentioned this before on the show, is if you're having a hard time paying or you think you're going to have a hard time paying, contact your financial institution, contact your bank, let them know, and they'll work out payments, right? Especially with the pandemic, um, banks are more open more than ever to really work with you, right? So if, if you can't pay for your mortgage, don't just go and, and, and not communicate that to the banks and, and default on your mortgage. That's the worst thing that you can do because if you if you don't pay for at least um, three to six months, then they, there will be action taken. Of course, there's been a huge backlog uh, with the different banks um, out there. But again, always reach out, You know, send them an email, call a representative, call a loan officer and work out what, what you can do, right? They can work on payments with you. There's a lot of things that they can do with you, but the biggest biggest probably sin that you could do is not communicate your struggles and challenges to the bank because they are willing to help, especially during, during the pandemic. Yes. Be proactive. Be Be proactive. proactive. That's it. By the way, if there was ever a time that I've seen them do so much, it's now, I mean, you know, we would have, that's right. That's right. You know, 2007, 2008, so many people lost their homes and it was a mess. They are really doing everything that I think is humanly possible. In some cases, I almost think too much, okay, so that people can stay in their homes, can stay if they're, you know, in their rentals. Um, they're subsidizing. Uh, you, you know, as if your income's low. Uh, I, I, I honestly kind of think they didn't do enough for the, the landlords. Uh, so I, I, I wonder how many people want to be landlords now. But if you stay informed, and so Ace, I am going to, uh, Jerry Minsky is going to come on at the 11. I'm going to push him off. I'm going to tell him to come on at like 11.10. I would love after the break you just go through that one more time because it is so important. And, you know, you can't listen to something once and know it all. So we'll continually repeat that. And Steve will also, Stephen will repeat some of the new things that are changing um, a couple of times a week, a couple of shows because it's a lot to absorb. Or go back and listen to the show again, which you can always do. Um, We're signing off just for a a quick break with the 11 o'clock news. We'll be back to talk about subsidies, inflation, and Brooklyn. You're listening to Ion Real Estate, 866-970-9622. By all means... Call, call in. We'd love to hear from you. I probably have 150, 200 dear Dottie questions. I will get to Ion them one Real day. Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.